Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Around the Circle. That's the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk. It's another crossover podcast on this Tuesday, July 26, 2022. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. And he's David Johnson at Rebels247. I write for the Old Miss Spirit, OldMissSpirit.com and AffiliativeOn3.com. David writes for Inside the Rebels and Affiliative 247 Sports. And we're fired up on this Tuesday. Hey, buddy. What's going on, Ben? How are you doing? It's been a weird two days for me. But I will say I had a wonderful Monday night. And you know why? Why? I had a couple of drinks. And the girls went to bed early. And I watched the 2001 Royal Rumble. And for some reason, I don't know why I did it. Um, I haven't watched wrestling in a long time, but it was the nicest little reprieve from all Ole Miss things. And then immediately come back and see that ESPN has predicted Ole Miss's games for next year, and we're back in the sauce. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's look at what ESPN said, and let's see what we've got to say about what ESPN predicts for Ole Miss. All right, Ole Miss won 10 games last year, first time since 2015. I'm looking at these things, and of course Ole Miss – believes, like we've talked about, that it has the talent to repeat. Now, it all has to come together. It's newcomers, Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg, and some guys that have to step up as well, including DeMond Clowney at key positions. But for ESPN to only have Ole Miss favored in four out of its eight conference matchups seems seems a little uh, discouraging, I guess is the word. Discouraging? Well, let's take let's take a look at it. Let's look at the four they're favored to win, and the four they're picked to lose, and let's go from there. All right, here we go. So the non-con goes about as you've been talking about. Troy, September three, SEC Network, ESPN, FBI win probability eighty-eight point nine percent. Okay, Central Arkansas ninety-eight point five percent. That's the next week. Georgia Tech the next week after that seventy-seven point three percent. A little on the low side, but whatever. They're still favored, heavily favored. Tulsa ninety-two point four percent. They like Ole Miss to beat Tulsa way more than Georgia Tech. And then we turn to Kentucky fifty-nine point nine percent. Vandy's eighty-nine point six. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. Wait. 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 Hold on. Hold on. That surprises me there a little bit, that they're favored to beat Tulsa by, what, 15 percentage points more than Georgia Tech? Yeah. Um, I know Tulsa is in Oxford. Tulsa's not a bad football team. Now, Ole Miss is going to beat Tulsa. Ole Miss is going to be 4-0. When Kentucky comes to town, I don't like those percentages, though. Look, ESPN stamps their name on all this stuff. This is just some numerical voodoo here we're talking about. I mean, this is the same FPI index last year that had Mississippi State ranked, what, in the top ten in the country preseason. That's true. I mean, everybody looked at it and said, are you crazy? And um, 
you know, so it's not the gospel. We'll 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 get that out of the bag from the get go. Kentucky, let me have it. It's not the gospel, but it's also the week before fall camp, and it came out. And this is what we do on this podcast: we talk about whether or not it's fair or freaking ridiculous. Okay, so here we go. Kentucky, Ole Miss is favored fifty nine point nine percent. Vanderbilt eighty nine point six percent. Auburn fifty four point six percent, close to a toss up. LSU, 37%. Texas A&M, 39%. Alabama, 17.5%, which is a little higher, honestly, than I expected. Arkansas, 49.7%, and then State, 63.3%. So the, the four games where Ole Miss is not favored to win are LSU, Texas A&M, Alabama, and Arkansas. I go with... Uh... I get the not favored to beat A&M in College Station. I get the not favored to beat Alabama, no matter where you're playing Alabama. Uh, Arkansas, I have trouble with. And I have a lot of trouble with the LSU game. Um, LSU, every year, every single year, you know, they're they're one of the – one of the favorite children for everybody. And everybody's so surprised when things don't go well. Things didn't go well in Baton Rouge last year. And Brian Kelly, no matter how good of a football coach he is, I don't think he's going to rectify that in year one. They're going to be better, and they're going to be markedly better. But to say that they're going to beat Ole Miss, and give them a 67% win chance against the Rebels, I, I think is a bridge too far. So I, I put both of those games, even though Arkansas is in Fayetteville, I just have a feeling about that game. I, I think Ole Miss wins both of those two games. I, I, I would favor them to lose against A&M in Alabama. Um but I have problems with those two. Well, the reason I bring it up is because we've been talking about this for a little while now. It's the summer. It's what we do. And one thing you brought up consistently, and I kind of pushed back against, not really, but I, I don't know if I'm as um, willing as you are to go out on the ledge of Ole Miss is going to be 7-0 and after his first seven. But then you look at the win probability percentage from ESPN, and they have the exact same thing. However... They then turn around and expect Ole Miss to finish eight and four, meaning that Ole Miss starts seven and zero oh and finishes one and four. Which, if that were to no, happen, no, that can happen. It could happen. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you look at the back end of that schedule, and it's 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 tough. But a seven and zero oh Ole Miss team, you got to think they're doing something right in their first seven games. And as you just said. The ESPN probability index favors Ole Miss to start seven and zero. So seven and zero going to Baton Rouge, huge game. I have no idea what LSU is going to be at that point of the year, but um, I think Ole Miss is a better. They're in a better spot than LSU right now, um, and I think they win that. And I think they're eight and zero. Well, I tend to agree. This is the whole point of the exercise for me. If I'd have told you just blanket statement, Ole Miss is going to go eight and four next year, 
Ole Miss fans are like, oh, man, we, we won 10 last year. We got a lot of good transfers. Man, I, I think they can win a couple more. But 8-4, and four, just for predicting in the preseason, that sounds about right. you got to let the season play out a little bit. That's a good baseline to start. But then if I contextualize it and said Ole Miss is going to start 7-0 and and finish 1-4, and that changes your perspective on 8-4. and So my question is, if it were to follow just like this, or like we've talked about before, Ole Miss starts 7-0 but then finishes 8-4 or 9-3, what kind of outlook do you have for a team that finishes like that? I mean, does that change the way you view success or failure for Ole Miss football this year? What should be? fair expectations for this team in 2022 because we can all talk about how Ole Miss won 10 games last year got back to the Sugar Bowl for the 10th time in program history and how Ole Miss fans are hyped after a national championship for baseball they can see the path for year-to-year contention for Ole Miss football they have been year-to-year contenders only two years but year-to-year contenders even in a 10-game all-SEC schedule under Lane Kiffin so all these things are true year-to-year competitiveness is here but is this team really ready to be the one to continue it, or are there too many unknowns, right, to really gear up and think that Ole Miss can be one of those contenders? Is that kind of what we're getting well, at? There are some unknowns. There are some unknowns with the linebackers. And, and, and you know, at what level they're going to have to play at this year, simply because the defensive line is going to be better and deeper the secondary is much more experienced and deeper. Um, you know, you don't have to have Dick Butkus at linebacker. Now, they, they've still got to play, but that is an unknown. The quarterback situation is an unknown. I think we talked yesterday about that. Those are the two tangible unknowns. The intangible unknown is how all this talent meshes together. Um, you know, is it, you know, do they go out there and play as a collection of individuals or do they go out there and they jail together and play as a unit and as a team? I think those are the three biggest questions. And then, as we brought up yesterday, you know, how good is Chris Partridge at calling defenses at this level? Um, Mo you know, Crum was it, the defensive was, coordinator at Western Kentucky. Are we not giving that enough credit as far as co-DC? Yeah, I said at this level. Um, and um, it's a different kind of game. The pressure is more intense. Uh, obviously, the speed is greater because I think Chris Partridge is an excellent football coach, and he's more than capable of being an excellent defensive coordinator. I think the guy's got head coach written all over him. Um, but, you know, this is the first go-around in the SEC. And – I think you've got to pay that a little respect in terms of, hey, we don't know how that's going to all play out. Now, as you mentioned in Monday's podcast, he's got a lot more talent at his disposal than what, say, a Wesley McGriff did. Um, So, you know, those are the question marks for this team, and I get it. They're big question marks. But where we get excited is we see the improvement in the depth and the talent along the defensive front. When you're talking about J.J. Pegues, you're talking about Jared Ivey, you already got Cedric Johnson coming back, Katie Hill. I mean, and they're deep. They're going to play eight, nine, maybe even ten deep. Um, so this team is somewhat of an enigma 
right now before fall camp opens. And I think if you go back and read closely what Lane Kiffin said Monday in Atlanta, he painted the picture of a little bit of an, an enigma, if you will. We don't know. And we won't know until there are games played. And unfortunately or fortunately, ever how you see it, the way the schedule stacks up, you're not going to really know what you're dealing with until around the middle of October. After you've played Kentucky, after you've played Auburn, even after you've played Vanderbilt, you're going to kind of know where this team is, you think. And then you've got a big road game at LSU and a road game at A&M and Alabama and Arkansas and Mississippi State. It doesn't get any easier. And uh, that's how I can see ESPN saying, hey, they're going to start 7-0 and and they're going to end 8-4. and I can see people seeing that. I honestly believe you know, it's as simple as the quarterback question. That's all it is. If you, think you so? if you traded Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg for another season of Matt Crow just for this team, I don't think you're getting eight and four predictions. I don't. Even with the you know, concerns at linebacker, the coaching staff turnover. What now? If Matt Corral were the quarterback on this team on this 22 team no i mean i think you're 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 considered not even a dark horse for the national title people are are talking about you in that conversation but you don't have matt corral anymore exactly right so it's a quarterback thing to where all right if, if you're just you got two guys that can lead an offense two guys that Ole Miss in any other year or any other era would be super excited to start the future the next wave of great Ole Miss football with the leader under center being Luke Altmaier or Jackson Dart, two really talented players. This is probably the most talented quarterback battle Ole Miss has ever had. Truly, true quarterback battle. I don't think they've ever had two quarterbacks as good as these guys. I get your point. Go ahead. Yeah, so if one of them emerges and is as good as we think they can be, then this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? It's all about the quarterbacks. And that's what's funny. We keep coming on here in these podcasts and talking off the air, on the air, it doesn't matter, whenever you and I talk. And we're breaking down Ole Miss football in 2021, and you wanted to talk about the offensive line to start this thing. We were going to do that, and I wanted to talk about this, that, and the other. And when you really break it down and strip it down, it's just about the quarterbacks. It's just about the quarterbacks. Can Ole Miss have a quarterback step up in time? Because if you look at the schedule, I mean, Ole Miss was undefeated, undefeated at home last season, and and are favored in all of their home matchups this season except for Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, and Alabama and Auburn are the only SEC teams to beat Ole Miss in 2021. And they return most – like you could say, man, they lost their top three wide receivers, Braylon Sanders, Ontario Drummond, and Ja'Core Pearson. No disrespect to any of those guys. But Braylon Sanders and Dontario Drummond and Ja'Core Pearson, they come around in college football every single year. Every year. Yeah, and I've heard people want to throw them into the mix with D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Elijah Moore. And, and, and again, no, I'm not trying to take any shine off of what they did here. They don't belong in that conversation. Now, 
Michael Trigg might belong in that conversation. Um, Mingo might belong in that conversation. He's got to prove it. But last year's receivers, you're right. They were cookie cutter, and they didn't belong in that conversation. They don't belong in it. Yeah, I, I love them as players. And as a group, they were really good and really productive. I'm very bullish on Don Terrio Drummond as one of the all-time greats in Ole Miss history, but I'm never going to rank him ahead of A.J., Laquan, Dante, Shea Hodge, Mike Wallace, on and on and on and on. We're talking well, about an all-time great maybe him. in the top ten. Yeah, you don't even rank him ahead of D.K., who did not no. have a particularly great Ole Miss career. No, he couldn't stay on the field. Yeah, I mean, that's true. He goes to the NFL, and he kills it. But, I wouldn't uh, put him ahead of Vince Sanders. There's a hot take. Or Shea Hodge. Yeah, well, Shea, that one goes without saying. But, yes, Shea's one of the top five ever. But I'm talking about Vince Sanders. I wouldn't put him above Vince. So you And Vince came out of, quote, unquote, nowhere. He was a four-star prospect out of high school. He'd been in the system a little while. It's kind of the Dennis Jackson track. Now, Vince stepped up and did it for Bo Wallace like Dennis should have done last year when he was caught upon. But so it's not really a perfect comparison. Point is he's like one of those system guys that has the talent, has the pedigree, and he finally puts it all together and steps up and does what he needs to do. So Braylon did that. Dontario did that. Jacor Pearson does that for you in a year out of western Kentucky. You can't tell me that Jalen Robinson isn't in the same kind of conversation level as those three guys. Same thing with Jordan Watkins and Jonathan Mingo. They're not just guys, but they're not – there's not one dominant guy that goes, okay, that guy's leading the room. There's never going to be. And honestly, that's not what Lane Kiffin values. Would he love to have an Elijah Moore? Yes, but he also would rather have a badass quarterback, a badass tight end, and a really good stable of running backs because he feels like – well, and I could be completely wrong because this is totally my opinion. This is not talking to Tulane Kiffin or anything about this. But it feels like that position, he feels like you just give him talented enough guys, he can make it work. It's not valued over, say, we got to go get Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg in the portal because they could have prioritized wide receivers. They had every reason to. And they brought in wide receivers and talked to a bunch of wide receivers, the kid, the transfer from Wyoming, um, a bunch of transfers, a bunch of transfers that they went after. But I feel like if you ask Lane, that is not the position they prioritize. So I'm just not putting too much stock into almost losing his top three wide receivers. Same thing with running backs. So if this all comes back to the quarterback, and the quarterback play is what will depend on Ole Miss winning double-digit games again or not, then Jackson Dark's your guy, at least in my opinion. When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, working with a professional is of the utmost importance. That's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. He's a financial planner with Capital Financial Group, and he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. Give him a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And tell him Ben at Talk of Champions sent you for a no-cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. Let's hear from a couple more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Your Ole Miss baseball rebels are national champions. Yes, that really happened. Your eyes did not deceive you. And what better way to celebrate since we all spent way too much money getting to and back home from Omaha than with a new car? 
Well, the only place to buy a car in Oxford, Mississippi is Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Allen Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They'll get you in the car you want at a price point that you can afford. Give them a call today, 662-234-8000. Ask Brian or Mason to tell them Talk of Champions sent you because now Talk of Champions actually makes sense. Oh, Miss Baseball won a national championship, and they'll get you in your dream car with your Ole Miss Omaha magnet planted right there on the driver's side door. They're located at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Contact them today, 662-234-8000. That's Alan Samuels, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of the national champion, Talk of Champions podcast. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Who's going to win this quarterback battle? The guy that goes out and throws three to five interceptions every time we saw him scrimmage in the spring? Or the guy that didn't? It's going to be the one that's the most productive in fall camp in the first, like, three games of the season. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Jackson – man, I feel like we've seen this before at Ole Miss football history. And I know it's not an easy or good one-to-one comparison, but Bo Wallace was terrible in practice. Terrible. Terrible. And there are a lot of quarterbacks that aren't necessarily good in practice. And Jackson Dart had his entire life – turned upside down in the course of a couple months 
and he comes in and competes, I, I think it's a little unfair to judge Jackson be, Dart on the spring. It may be, but, but Ben, look, man, I mean, you're a ball player if you're in Oxford, Mississippi, or Los Angeles, California. You ought to be able to throw the football. And, I mean, some of some of his throws in the spring, I'll be honest with you, they kind of freaked me out. I mean, that was not what I was expecting. And, and, I, and I've said it, just like you just said it, the kid probably had not unpacked all of his bags yet. Yeah. But, he was still trying to figure were, out where he's going to be living, probably, or something crazy. Yeah, but you were you were here to do one thing: shine at the quarterback position. And and in that instance, you know Jackson Dart failed in the spring. And meanwhile, Luke Altmeyer, he's he's the turtle in the race, <laughs> but he's doing the same thing, and he does it well. And we'll see where he ends up. And I'm not pulling for either one of these guys. I don't care. I'm pulling for the one that can take them from eight and four, according to ESPN, to ten wins again. Again, my whole thing yep. is uh, enough with. Oh well, you know this isn't quite the year for Ole Miss. I mean, we just our boys just got to go out there and play really hard. And man, I'd love to go back to Nashville for the Music City Bowl. No, 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 no. Those days are long gone. Long gone. For me, entering the year every single year with free agency now in college football and Lane Kiffin basically saying the the quiet part out loud, look, man, uh, we're here to do one thing, win football games. And now that Ole Miss has a true identity and plan that it's kind of followed along with, with the advent of the portal and all these other things, Ole Miss is year-to-year competitive. So the days of going, oh, well, eight and four would be a really nice year. Now, screw that. Screw that. How could Ole Miss get to Atlanta? And if it's all about the quarterback – then it's all about the quarterback because that's what ESPN's saying. That's what we've been saying. And if it's all about the quarterback, I don't care who it is. Just one of you step up and do the thing because apparently everybody, including ESPN, not just you and me, not two just guys that have been following all sports our entire life are saying, you know, this team is really freaking good, really good. They can win 10 games. They can go to Atlanta, but the quarterback has to be good. This isn't Bo Wallace, yeah, Randall Mackey, well you know. Come down to that. Yeah, yeah I, I get it. I, I I know what you're saying. And it could come down to that. And it probably will come down to that because they look like they've got the pieces at just about every other spot on the field. Um, so, basically, Mike Bianco, he's ratcheted up the pressure on everybody around here, huh? Good for him. Good. Yeah. That's the way it needs to be. That's yeah. what good programs do. That's what good athletics programs do. They go in expecting to win the thing. If that isn't the true expectation, the true underlying belief, then what are we doing? What's the point? And, and here's another one for you. All right. Where does this Ole Miss team, from a talent perspective, because you could talk about this better than most anybody, of all the teams you've been around since you started existing as an Ole Miss fan and can remember it, where would this team rank as far as preseason talent going into the year? Yeah, I mean, from top to bottom, right. probably number one. More talented um, than last year. More talented than 2016? Yeah, more talented than, than last year's group. I'll give you that. And um, More talented than know, the Laramie Laquan Sugar Bowl team? Yeah, but let me ask you this. All right. All right. From the quarterback position, and we both already admitted we'd rather have Matt Corral 
playing quarterback this year with this well, that's, team. But that's a duh, though, David. Everybody would. Just yeah, cause yeah. It's, okay. it's, I'd rather have what I know than what I don't. How many other quarterbacks would you rather have playing with this, the talent on this team than the two you have now? That's a really good question. Because Spencer Rattler, if you'd have gone into the transfer portal um, season in December, whatever it was, every Ole Miss fan polled, who do you want Ole Miss to get as a quarterback? Oh, Spencer Rattler or Dylan Gabriel. But I'm not sure I'd want Spencer Rattler over Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier competing. No, no, not talking about – I'm talking about former Ole Miss oh. quarterbacks. Would you rather have Chad Kelly quarterback yes. in this team than these two guys? Yes. Yes. Would you rather have – Eli. Bo Wallace. Oh, of course you'd rather have Eli, but would you rather have Bo Wallace? No. And I love Bo as a person, as a player, but no. Okay. So that kind of sets the table for you. You'd rather have Matt Corral. You'd rather have Eli Manning, <laughs> but you would rather not have Bo Wallace. You'd rather have Chad Kelly. Because I don't think Bo would win 10 games with this group. If it's coming down to the quarterbacks, where where can you expect? the level of play to be this year somewhere between Bo Wallace and Chad Kelly yeah I don't know I think Chad Kelly is the best oldest quarterback ever so but not most talented he's a gamer no yeah. doubt yeah you'd rather have John Forcade out there John Forcade yeah John Rice Plumley. that was a joke I'm sorry John Rice Plumley will always and forever be known as the freshman true freshman quarterback who set a single season program record for rushing yards no one can take that away yeah. from him. I'll give him that. Uh, nobody that. probably ever will. No. But yeah, if, you, if Ole Miss was going in with Luke and John Rice Plumley competing for this thing, I, I would feel a whole lot, hell of a lot different. Because for me, Jackson Dart, outside of Dylan Gabriel, was the perfect step in and play guy. We're just all kind of tempering expectations. So was ESPN. But he did not step in and play in the spring. Yeah, but that's the thing that raises your eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's what's got you. That's what's got all of us on pins and needles about you know. Hey, this can be a great season, but you know we've got to have better quarterback play, as you pointed out in this podcast. And I agree with that. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, see, when I look at LSU and ESPN FBI win probability is thirty seven percent. Why? What does LSU have? Now, I, I fully admit I don't know college football rosters like I used to because I cover Ole Miss every day and I just don't care enough. But I, I, outside yeah. the Butte kid, like, who? why is LSU? Is LSU and Brian Kelly? Okay, cool. I'd prefer to have Lane Kiffin. And that might sound crazy. Yeah. But in modern this day and age in modern college football, I'd rather have Lane Kiffin than Brian Kelly. So why is LSU getting the benefit of the doubt compared to, like, an Ole Miss well, that's got proven track record? It's not because Brian Kelly is a cultural fit. I guarantee you that. Family. Uh, family. Yeah. Yeah, well. Freaking um, dude, man. You know, he's a really good football coach. Great football coach, he's yeah. He's won everywhere. If he was Ole Miss's head coach, that'd be awesome. But I prefer Lane Kiffin. I'm glad Ole Miss has Lane Kiffin. No, no, I'm with you on that. I'm just saying, you know, it's LSU. It's one of the best programs in the country. Uh, two idiots have won national championships down there in the last mile from Ed Orgeron. So if Brian Kelly can read, I mean, and I'm sure he can, uh, they're figuring, hey, here it comes. 
So you know what didn't get enough? Yeah. Do you know what didn't get enough coverage? That Les Miles that? ate grass. Like everybody kind of joked about, ah, he eats grass. No, it should have been, dude. This guy's eating grass during games. Yeah. That should have shown there's like a little bit off there. Same with Ed Ordron. Well, everybody knew there was something off with Ed. That was kind of the whole part of the shtick, right? Les, Les has got a son who is a uh, an assistant coach at Arkansas State right now. Really? And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, huh. seems to be a real nice guy. Eli, Eli knows him, and uh, he says he's a great guy. Well, speaking uh, of assistants, here you go. Another thing I read recently, I think it was on On3 or maybe the 247. I can't remember. It was uh, effectively the staffers or support staffers to watch, which got me thinking, who are the future head coaches for Ole Miss on this uh, staff? And assuming that another offseason happens where um, Lane Kiffin, because it's happened every offseason, Lane Kiffin loses half his coaching staff and he replaces them, who are the guys that are, are, in your mind, perfectly suited to step up and assume greater roles and stuff? I'll get to that question in just one second. But I did see that list. And I got to tell you, I was really disappointed in that because if you look like, uh, I think they named 50 guys or whatever, all 50 from Power 5 programs. Um, like there is not a Dan Mullen who is GAing at Bowling Green under Urban Meyer right now anywhere on that list. That's a really good point. Go, they didn't go deep on that list whatsoever. I think there was a guy from Western Kentucky that got an honorable mention. Well, I will um, say, though, David, I will say, because you can have unlimited unlimited analysts now, the opportunities are greater at Power 5, so they're scooping up all the – I mean, but I agree with you. There are Dan Mullins out there. Like, I've always said – and I'll say this to you, and I'm not just saying this because we're talking, but, like, Eli, in my opinion, is going to be a head coach one day in college football. Well, it's just so hard to get from an analyst position to a head coach job because of what you do. You need to be on the field coaching. That is the best track. And I don't care if you're 25, 26 years old and you're an analyst at Alabama. Maybe Alabama's not a good good representation. No, it is not. (laughs) You're an analyst at any Power 5 school other than Alabama. There's no guarantee you're on the right track. You've got to get yourself on the field, prove that you can recruit and coach. And – you know, I, I just think they, they did a bad job of – and I'll, I'll tell the guy face-to-face, I don't care, that he didn't go deep enough. I mean, there's more to college football than the SEC and the Big Ten. And that's basically what he did was call around, got some names, gathered them up, and put his list together. Yeah, um, but, but if Lane but, Kiffin were to leave tomorrow, he said, you know what, yeah. I made a lot of money. I really enjoy fishing. And almost had to make a decision. Look, you can't go hire a head coach. You're, you're three days away from kicking off against Troy. We can't go hire a head coach in that sort of time. Who on this staff would be the guy that would be promoted? Well, this staff is, is, is one, not no longer very long in the tooth in terms of coordinators. I mean, at one point you had, uh, you had Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre as coordinators out here. Um, both of those guys are head coaches again. Right now, as we speak, um, but y- you know, you go experience, and I mean, I would think Derek Nix would would be a good interim choice. Um, Chris Partridge would be the only other guy you would consider. Derek Nix and Chris Partridge, um, both of those guys 
are probably at a point in their career where they would be ready um, to be on a list. I'm not saying I don't think either one would get the job. I think you hire an offensive-minded head coach <clears throat> from somewhere. You're not going to hire a, a, a defensive guy, uh, you know, ever again here. I don't think this offensive football. That's what uh, everybody likes to see. See, I but think of all the assistants right now, current Ole Miss assistants, John David Baker has the highest head coach upside. Yeah, yeah, I think down the road I can see that, possibly, possibly. But, um, you know, right now he's tight ends and, you know, co-OC in name only. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, 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 the, the bottom line is the, the, the head coaching potential on this Ole Miss staff is not extremely deep right now. Yeah, that was it's the question. Not. Okay. All right. Yeah. If I'd have told you this time last year that Chris Partridge was better positioned or would be better positioned to be Ole Miss's head coach one day over Jeff Levy, what would you have said? Yeah, I would have said you're crazy. Um, but, you know, we can't see that Levy is going to Oklahoma. Um, you know, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have bought that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but now, yeah, Levy will likely never come back to Ole Miss as a head coach. And uh, fine, uh, Lane Kiffin's here. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, and Partridge is likely done here when Lane leaves. I would think. Well, at this point, I think Lane's going to be here a while. So, okay. Well, he seems to be settling into a nice group. So is all it took just right. not getting the attention and love he thought he was going to get on in one of the most absurdly crazy coaching cycles that we've ever seen? Now he's like, oh, you know what? I like it here because that's what it feels like a little bit. You, you look around and you try to date around and then you realize, you know what? I got a good thing going. Is that what this is or is it realistically seeing Ole Miss as a viable place for him long, long term? No, I think, I think he can see it as a viable place. But, you know, don't put your cart too far out in front of the horse. I mean, you know, Lane went 5-5 five and five in year one. Granted, it was the COVID year. And, you know, honestly, everybody, whatever would have happened in 2020 would have been perfectly fine with an Ole Miss fan. Um, so he's hanging his hat on the 21 success. And... Uh, you know, I don't think at any time in the history of the Outback Bowl ever had a five and what, – what were they, four and five when they went to the five Outback and, Bowl? Were they four and five? Yeah, they are four and five. Four and five because they had to cancel yeah. the Texas A&M five. game. Yeah. Yeah. So they, you know – think how weird that was. Thinking about that now sounds crazy, man. Yeah, but it was the Outback Bowl, and uh, it was a bowl game for the first time in a long time. For these rebels, and um, you know, so mission accomplished. And then he backed it up with the Sugar Bowl berth, which, uh, by the way, you know, and this is whole. This factors into the whole Mike Bianco phenomenon, national title. Uh, we can win as big as we want to win around here now, thing. But you know, two trips to the Sugar Bowl in seven years has kind of become common, hasn't it? Yeah. Now the Sugar Bowl, that used to be the thing. Oh, but if you could just get back to the Sugar Bowl, I could die happy. Well, now you've got to the Sugar Bowl twice since 2016. Yeah, no kidding. So what's the next thing? Should the next thing not be then get to Atlanta? 
You no, just it, said it, going it, into the year, this is one of the most talented Ole Miss teams Ole Miss has ever had. We used to not be able to say that. After you had your, like, wonderful 10-win year, there was going to be a drop-off. And Ole Miss fans, it was, like, baked into the conversation. You knew they were going to take a step back because they got to build it back up. We don't have to live like that no more, man. You don't have to dream like that no, no more. No, because of the, the transfer portal yeah. and NIL, you can reload rosters from year to year now. And, um, you know. We used to say the expectation would be Ole Miss wins big every three years. Right, you get your guys in place, you work them up, you get them right, and then in the year three you compete, and then you reset again. Now it's year to year. You were coming off of last year, and you lost your top three at wide receiver, running back, your best quarterback, and arguably ever, your best pass rusher, one of your best pass rushers, rushers arguably ever. All these things are true, and yet we're going to the next year not talking about, well, you know, Luke's just going to need to get his feet underneath him. No. No, you said one of the most talented teams they've ever had, so why not? Why can't the expectations then be, hey, get to Atlanta. Yeah, Alabama's good. Alabama's always good. But Ole Miss is in a different place now. Yeah, I've also said they're going to start 8-0. Yes, you have. And from 8-0, anything can happen. And um, I'm sticking with it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Good to see you. Do you a closing bit. Thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll be back at you tomorrow. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do I really have a closing bit? Yeah. What's my closing bit? Uh you gotta you gotta rate, um, listen, rate, whatever, whatever. Five stars. Whatever. I don't even care. If you don't want to give us five stars, it's fine. It doesn't really affect okay, anything then. anymore. Please do, but don't. It's whatever. All right, David, I'll see you later, bye. See you, man. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.